I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you for joining me for Let's Get Moving. Today I want to talk about something near and dear to my heart, and that's gardening. But something I'm really focused on is trying to prevent all of those aches and pains that I personally receive when I'm out in the yard all day. With me today from the USU Extension Service is Gabby Mirza. She's a professional practice extension assistant professor. And Gabby, you have some best practices for us that can help us enjoy gardening even more. Yeah, of course. So there there are just basically three things that we want to keep in mind to help minimize or prevent that pain or injury that we feel. Um, we can adapt the garden, we can adapt the tools, and or we can also adapt ourselves. So um, when I talk about adapting the garden, it's things like that we that we include in the garden to make life a little bit easier for us. Um, so things like putting in raised beds, right, and, and um, promote putting in plants and flowers and, and these kinds of things that, that kind of promote less weeds so we're not hunched over so much or on our knees, hurting our backs, kind of pulling weeds and, and that kind of stuff. Raised beds, having raised beds or things that are on a higher platform are also really great for minimizing um, knee injury or knee pain, also our backs and our necks from having to go down too low to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are kind of those, the, those are some examples of how we can adapt the garden just to make it a little bit easier for us as we, as we kind of do our thing, you know, kind of do our activities in the garden. Um, we can adapt our tools. So adapting the tools means there, you know, you can, if you don't have a set of tools, it's a good time to, to, to purchase some that are ergonomic. So they have maybe handles, they have specific handles or specific um, attachments to them, on them, that can make, um, that will help you be able to, for example, grip a tool correctly. So you can hold a tool correctly so that you're keeping your wrist straight, for example, and you're not twisting it. Um, there are tools that are ergonomic that, will that are kind of longer handled for uh, for anybody who's tall um they they probably experience having having tools that are a little too short for them but you know finding a tool that has a long handle so that you're not hunching over and so that when you're using a long handled tool you can stand up straighter and that can help but if you already have tools and you you know you can't you know, it's not financially feasible or realistic to go out and buy a whole bunch of tools, then they do make attachments. You can find attachments online that kind of retrofit 
the current tools that you have. So like those handles and, and those kinds of attachments that I talked about, you can find those that, that, can, that can fit onto existing tools that you might have. Um, and then the third thing is being able to adapt yourself. So one of the big things that we kind of worry about or that we tend to, to do is we might have these kind of unrealistic expectations of our own abilities when we garden. So, for example, I'll use myself as an example. Um, my my The work that I do, a lot of my days are spent sitting in an office and working on the computer, and I do get up and walk around, and I do teach, and I'm on my feet, um, and I'm, I'm active otherwise. But then I, you know, the weekend comes, and I want to garden, and I spend the weekend gardening because I don't have a whole lot of time on the week or, like, during the week or what I think I don't have a lot of time. And so when we adapt ourselves, we need to manage our expectations and, and what's realistic because gardening is an exercise. It's a physical activity. Any any of us who do garden regularly, we know we come back, you know, after a long day and our back hurts, our knees hurt, our, our wrists are, we, you know, we have, we have pain and we're sore. So... Yeah, there are some times when I can barely stand up at the end of the yeah. day because I think I can go out there and I can be digging and weeding and uh, we get to the end of the day and that's really great until you sit down for 10 minutes, but then you can't get back up. Right. Everything exactly. stiffens so, back up. Exactly. So when we talk about adapting ourselves, we um, just being able to manage expectations, meaning um, some of those best practices that you were asking about. So scheduling tasks. So you know, to, so again, me as an example, to avoid um, injury or overdoing it or thinking that I only have two days, you know, to do all of these projects, I actually schedule tasks. I write them on a board on my refrigerator and I say, and I write, you know, Monday for 30 minutes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to plant a flower and maybe, you know, set up, uh, set up irrigation. And Tuesday I'll, I'll plant this. Wednesday, I'll, I'll weed, whatever. So you actually make these small manageable tasks and you do them and you make sure that you set time for that so you're not going over that time. So like I do it a half hour before I have to get ready for work and that, that forces me to stop. Um, also, another best practice is to change tasks about every 15 or 20 minutes. So if you're doing a task where you're, let's say you're pulling weeds or you're digging or doing something where you're on your knees and on the ground, um, after maybe 15 or 20 minutes, change tasks and do something where you're standing up or when you are, or vice versa, or if you're reaching overhead, you, you, reaching overhead is a little bit different. You want to give yourself maybe five minutes, no more than that of, of being reaching overhead and looking up just because of the neck. But, you know, other types of tasks you do want to change about every 15 or 20 minutes and change them, change them often. Another best practice is to hydrate, of course, have water with you. Um, I, I have on my water bottle, I have a little carabiner. And so I clip it onto a bin, like a, a trash bin, the handle, or I clip it onto a bucket or something. So it's always with me because I have the, I have a habit of starting on one end and then walking to another end and my water bottle stays on the other side of the garden. Mm -hmm. Um, dressing appropriately is also really important just to make sure you have the proper um you're wearing the proper clothing something loose fitting easy to you know breathe in close toed shoes good you know good shoes for that and gloves and then asking for help is also kind of a best practice we we sometimes tend to not ask and there's so much so much power in being able to have help 
um, to being able, you know, to carry things, to be able to do things, you know, kind of work together on that. So, yeah, it's realizing that you can't hold the trimmer up and do the hedging for a, a prolonged period of time that uh, most people don't have the strength to do that for more than 15 or 20 minutes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, like I said, those are those are those kinds of the three things that we can do. Those are the three types of adaptations that we can make toward kind of working toward those best practices for being able to prevent that pain and injury from the gardening. Talk for a minute about stretching. Um, is it important to stretch before or should we be stretching after? What kind what kinds of stretching can we do? There are uh, there are some stretches. Yes. Uh, so just to answer your question in a nutshell, um, stretching is really important. Um, like I said a couple of minutes ago, gardening is is considered an exercise. So you kind of want to treat it like like a physical activity, like an exercise. So stretching before you start gardening, even stretching throughout your gardening while you're while you're in the garden, stre- doing stretches throughout, just to you know, especially if you are standing like doing something in one position, then just getting up and stretching out and loosening up again, and then stretching afterwards. And those are those are really helpful. So some of the stretches that you want to do um, are would be stretches that help you help your help kind of kickstart or uh, stretch the muscles that you're going to be using in gardening. So when you think about it, most of the muscles that we use are our quads, so our legs basically. So our quads, our hamstrings. Um, you can you use your neck, use your shoulders, um, use your arms. So and your lower back. So stretching that helps you, um, you know, stretches and movements that help stretch those areas out. Um, but like any physical activity, we don't want to stretch cold muscles. So the best thing to do, actually, before you even stretch, is to do some kind of a warm up. And so you can you can um, take a brisk walk around if you if you want to do that you can use that time to kind of um, maybe lift things that are a little bit lighter like maybe get your tools out of the shed and make a couple of trips back and forth but have like you know kind of smaller tools nothing super heavy Um, you can also walk around your garden and that's a great time to kind of see and check out what what some of the things that you need to focus on you can do that as well. You can do jumping jacks if you can, you can tolerate jumping jacks, you know, those kinds of things to help warm up your muscles, and then you can stretch. And then you kind of want to, you can do those similar kind of stretches throughout gardening. So like I said, if you're spending time hunched over, then your stretching would focus on your lower back or maybe even your legs, you know, if you're kind of on your on your knees or on, on, the, on your heels or something, um, kind of crouch down. So you kind of you want to work those stretches in that help stretch those muscles and and you know the, those areas of your body that ha- that are starting to maybe cramp up that you don't want to start you know start hurting and then stretch afterwards is always really good. Um, some people take a hot bath or a hot shower. Some people get into a, a jacuzzi or something. Some people massage. Um, have a, a massager or, you know, things like that or an ice pack, and that's totally fine as well. And that kind of helps. It's a good complement to stretching, but stretching does go a long way. What would you say is the biggest thing that we do wrong? Oh, that is so hard. <laughs> is it just not paying attention to the fact that this is physical exercise and uh, it, it's going to take a toll if we don't do some of the same things that we do when we go out and exercise? 
Well, I yeah, I I would agree, and I think just going back to our expectations and and how the, it kind of ties into that that perception, you know, that gardening gardening is fun. It's enjoyable. We love to see something come from our work, you know, just like a lot of other activities that we do. But it is physical activity, and so just being mindful of that. And when when we, um, you know, when it's when when you learn best practices or you practice proper posture, how to use tools correctly, um, sometimes, you know, when you get tired, your back starts hunching. You start kind of losing that posture when you get tired, and that's that's totally realistic and, and it's and it's understandable. But at least knowing what understanding, like, you know, realizing yourself, like, oh, I'm I'm starting to hunch over, I'm starting to get tired, maybe I need to take a break, or maybe I should be doing this, maybe I can switch to another activity. So being mindful of how your body is is handling the the activity, what you're doing, and how long you've been doing it, being mindful of that, and then making those switches and adjustments so that that you're not hurting yourself, or you're not going to end up you know, kind of hurting yourself by the end of the day or the, you know, the activity. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I can only spend so much time on my knees, too. I mean, so mm-hmm. when you talk about adapting your garden to be a little bit easier on your body, that, that's one of the things that I think about. But, I mean, most people can't spend a great deal of time on their knees. No, no. And and that's why we're, you know, that's why we're talking about adapting, you know, adapt, like having raised beds or things that are a little bit higher, even just getting a good pair, um, a good pair of knee, um, knee pads or getting one of those foam pads that you can walk around with and, and take with you just to, to help you out. There's also some ways that you can, you can crouch or you can kneel to take the, take the strain off of your knees if you are going to be like that. And then again, going back to changing your tasks so you're not on your knees for most, you know, for a long time. Um, those those are all things that are helpful. And it just goes back to being mindful of that and understanding your limits and, um, you know, just, just keeping those things in mind so that you can make those little little adjustments. Uh, to me, what we're talking about is just so important because for me, gardening is also a mental break. And if I am overusing my body in ways that it's going to cause pain, then I'm creating other issues for myself and I'm not enjoying it and really getting that satisfaction out of the gardening that I really need. That's true. And then I just keep going back to an experience I had. You know, I had one day where just hours flew by. I had no idea the next day. And I had plans for the next day to continue and I just couldn't. And I, I loved what I did, let's say, you know, on Saturday, but by Sunday morning, I was like, I, I can't even get out. I have to, you know, wait a couple of days. I mean, it didn't ruin my day, but it was a bummer. I was so bummed because I really wanted to go out. And I go, and Monday is supposed to rain on Monday. I wanted to get this stuff done. And so I just, I had to wait and, you know, I it's okay. It it does happen. So the next time I just really made sure that I was being more careful and I was being, like I said, a little more realistic with, right. with what I was doing. All right. I think it's important, too, just because there are so many new gardeners that have just, you know, that was something that their parents did. And uh, now they're getting excited about growing their own food and being more organic. And, you know, to just make sure the experience is the best it can be, I think is so important. Exactly, exactly. Um, and I, I actually, last summer, I started teaching workshops. These were more for gardening volunteers, so master, like Master Gardener volunteers with Utah State University. Um, 
but I've been teaching workshops on how to how to have those correct postures, those correct techniques and best practices, and how to use tools correctly. So, um, so I'm trying to get it get it around. I can't. I don't think I can, you know, get it all around Utah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm one person, but um, but I've I've been trying to teach volunteers and and folks who are enthusiastic about gardening and who do garden, just trying to get the word out a little bit and, and help people understand and kind of learn those practices and those safe movements. So if someone is interested and they wanted more information, is there a resource for them, someplace that we can direct them? Yes, they can actually, anybody who is interested, they can reach out to me. Um, my information is in a couple of places. So my uh, one of the, the two of the best websites, we have the USU Extension um, in Utah County. So the Utah County Extension website is available. Um, and then another website is, a is an initiative that I work under. It's called the Heart Initiative. It's the Health Extension Advocacy Research and Teaching Initiative. My contact information is on both of those, and it's probably I think that's the best way to to reach out. You can find my email address and also my phone number. You can also contact the Utah County Extension Office main number, and they'll they'll direct you to me to my main number. Gabby, thank you so much for your time today. Sure, of course. Thank you again. I appreciate it. You have a great day. Thank you. You as well. Bye-bye. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.